Thank you for tuning in to Entertain the Geeky, your source for nerd news. Hey guys, this is Jason here, your source for nerd news. I wanted to talk to you a minute about Cloud9 Comics. This is a place, if you've got a bunch of junk and, and you've got a bunch of you know old stuff that you haven't read in 10 years and you're just looking for a place to offload it and you want some good cash, check out Cloud9 Comics. They are definitely the place to sell all your stuff. Paul over there and the guys, they do a much, they'll give you a much better offer than any of the places in the area. So check them out at cloud9comicsandmore.com. That's cloud9, the cloud, the number nine, comicsandmore.com. Or you can get a hold of them by phone at 314-691-2864. Cloud9 Comics. Hey guys, welcome to Nerd News. This is Jason with you as always. I'm joined tonight by Chris and Roger. What's going on? Holy crap, twice in a month. I know, right? This is exciting. A little bit. My chair's squeaking. You know what? This is so excited. Your chair's squeaking. Yeah. All right. That's all right. I'm holding this table up, if you know what I mean. The chair's so stoked it can't handle it. <laughs> it's like, squee! <laughs> um, so, we got a few things to talk about tonight. Um, I know you guys have, you said, you told me you guys have talked about it a little bit, but I, I haven't talked about Cable on the show. They revealed, uh, so far from Deadpool 2, we've seen Domino and we've seen Cable. Um, and Domino looks I wasn't impressed with Domino. I don't think it's bad. I think Domino looks fine. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I think the way they the the reversal of Domino, I like. I like the like it's not just someone wearing makeup. I like that it's right. part of her skin and yeah. that. I really like that. Yeah, and it makes it makes it, it just feels in line with the first Deadpool. You know, him looking at himself being all freaked out. I like it. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I definitely what you know. What she looks like in the comics is kind of influenced how she's going to look in the movie a little bit with the kind of the leather. The costume kind of yeah, has the same patterns. The to costume it a little does, bit. yeah. But she's not wearing makeup, and to me, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say it like this: I think from now on, the only character allowed to wear makeup as a superhero superhero movie is anyone playing the Joker or Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, other than that, find another way to do it. What about Vision? No, Vision. Vision's not wearing makeup in the sense of like is Paul Gabbati like like his character's wearing makeup. That's just his character. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying, saying. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not the character of Domino putting makeup on and. And doing that, it's like, this is Domino. Sure. I definitely so. think there's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how it works in motion, what she ends up looking like once we see her in a trailer. Yeah. Because that can really change your perspective on it. I'm really interested to see, interested to see why Cable isn't Deadpool. Like, like no, I, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I do, I do. Before Cable and Deadpool teamed up, we had years of Cable, like messing with the X-Men, coming from the future, doing all these things. Why is he with Deadpool? I want to know. Well, I mean, there's there's precedent in the comics for a very long-running Cable and Deadpool story. There is. They work well together because you have a very serious character in Cable always coming back from the future, trying to save the future from some terrible thing like Apocalypse or Sentinel Apocalypse or whatever it might be. Um, but, so there's, there's, there's definitely the implication that in the film, that's probably what they'll end up doing. And that works well against Deadpool's just like not taking anything seriously kind of attitude that he has. Yeah, I'm cool with that. It's, it's just synergy. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying that the, I'm not saying Deadpool and Cable don't match. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying how I'm is he ex- gonna get there? Yeah. You know, it's not like before, like in the comics where you've had years of reading cable and you know what cable's about, and like, oh here's Deadpool, they actually fit well. It's yeah. here here's the first time we're seeing cable on film. Yep. So we're gonna get a origin story, sort of. In the, in it an could, essence. It could I, be three sentences of if you want to live, come with me. I've come from the future, like Terminator. But we're going to get a, a, a origin story from Cable, and I'm very interested to see what story they tell. Like, right. why is Cable here? 
Right, I mean, is it something to do with Apocalypse? Was he not really dead? Is it something to do with the Sentinels? Does it tie into the X-Men movies? I hope not. I hope it's just something wacky. I don't think it, yeah, I mean, I don't think they've, they're have they worried about everything tying in together. I mean, it's very clear when you <laughs> when you watch their films. And I've always said that that's actually something that I think is a positive part of the X-Men movie world. Because if you've, if you've read comics out there, if you've read X-Men comics, they're very confusing. And you know that. So if you fully understood these films and how they all connected, it wouldn't really be X-Men. I don't want them to connect. I've said time and time again, quit making sequels, just adapt storylines. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely... Uh, there's definitely something that can be said about each director getting his getting to do his own ideas and his own take on who these characters are and how they work I, in the world. Well, that would be that, like to me that's the best way to do it. Now, now that you've said that, that's like the best way to do a comic book movie because when comic books, when, when comic book artists and writers, when yeah. you get that new run, it's a different take. It is. It, it kind of fits a little bit, but but they always do their own little thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Everybody brings their own flavor to the character. I mean, the character's motivations and origin don't change, but how the character interacts with other characters, how they interact with villains, how they interact with just everyday people, those things are all kind of dependent on who's writing the character at the time. Right. Um, so, yeah. What do you think about the way Cable looks? Because that's what you wanted to get into. Right. I think I think that Cable looks well for... I don't know. I mean, I, I think he looks... Good enough for a movie version of Cable. I imagined there'd be more techno-organic virus infecting him. So did I. I kind of wanted to see some of the metal on his face. Me too. Because that's just who he is now in the I comics. Thought, I thought it was going to be like around his eye more. Instead sure. of just the scarring. Yeah. Because they, they did some scarring. Cool. I thought he was going to have like all metal around his eye. Like almost that Terminator look. Yeah, but, well, that, but that's the Cable later on, you know? Sure. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know, if you're unfamiliar with Cable, the techno-organic virus is a... Uh, is a thing that initially was used to stop his child form from dying, and it's now slowly killing him. He uses his telekinetic powers to keep it at bay, basically controlling how far it spreads. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's you could do that later, or you could have done that right away, like uh, the 90s X-Men cartoon did. He had some of the metal on his face some where the eye was. I just met him. He was stopping a t- he was he was trying to overthrow a government in the X Men cartoon. Hmm. That's when yeah. you meet him. Yeah, yeah. He's overthrowing <laughs> some some government. Well, yeah. So what he does. I think, but other than that, I think Josh Brolin is is fantastic, and I really think he's going to bring you know a very cool take of the on the character to the big screen. Josh Brolin. Jo- Josh Brolin has played in a DC movie, a Marvel movie, and now a Fox Marvel movie. Yeah, he might be the only actor to do all three. I can't think of any others right at the moment. I know yeah. there was DC. Uh, I mean, we have, we have Chris Evans, though, that did a Fox Marvel movie, a Marvel movie. Right. You also and have James did, Marsden, who did Cyclops. But he, he didn't do a Marvel movie. He just did a Fox Marvel movie. Like, Josh Brolin is in all three. Sure, but sure. Chris, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Evans also did the Scott Pilgrim versus the World thing. No, it's not DC. It's not one of the big two. No. But, it was another comic movie, though. He was great in it. <laughs> he was awesome. <laughs> But yeah, I think that, um, you know, I am interested to see why Cable is here, what uh, what is going on in the future that he's now having to come back in time and prevent, and how Deadpool will interact with him, um, because I think that's where we're going to see some of the best comedy we've seen, uh, you know, in Deadpool thus far. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because if you, I don't know if you've ever played the video game, um, the Deadpool video game. Of course I have, game, I own yeah. it. The Deadpool video game has a great interaction between Cable and Deadpool that is so synonymous with every interaction that they have and cable first appears and he's telling deadpool 
that the future is in peril and he starts going off into this big speech about how the future is in peril and we got to do something about it and the whole time you're hearing deadpool's thoughts and he's just ignoring him completely and this is so boring and you get a moment where the button a button will prompt you to press it and when you press it he just shoots himself because he can't take listening to cable anymore and i think that was a really and then he wakes up and he's got a note from cable stabbed into his chest <laughs> um so i think that was a that was a really funny interaction it's kind of indicative of everything that their relationship is and so I hope we get to see something like that in the film. Yeah, if I'm not getting a Hawkeye Deadpool movie, a Cable Deadpool movie is like second on my list. Yeah, I mean, you, you know that when once they had success with De- success with Deadpool, that we were going to see Cable. That's the only real place, real good place to bring him into the story. No, there's not. Bring him into X Men. Nah. Flat out, flat out Terminator story. This this, just, this whole thing. And let it be. Just do it. Just go. It would be fun to have an X Men Terminator movie. Like like honestly, like 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 him come back. Like, like, just, you know, no explanation, just naked cable coming in, like, like straight up like Terminator. Now, time finding, sliding allows you to keep your clothes. Whatever. <laughs> finding finding Gene and Cyclops and going, okay, here's the deal. And then going on an X-Men adventure. And guess what? You don't have to have Magneto be the bad guy in that movie. Oh, joy! A movie without Magneto being the bad guy. I'm in. Well, they haven't used Magneto as the bad guy of the film for a while. No, seriously. I'm sorry. Days What's of happening? Fu- Days of Futures Past, he was not a bad guy. He was not the villain in um, that movie. Apocalypse, he was not the villain. He was, he was not the working villain. with the villain. It doesn't matter. You're not using him as the focal point of your villainy in the film. He's been, he's been the, Michael Fassbender has brought to that role uh, something. First off, uh, I'm sorry, I'm totally cutting you off. Yeah, screw it. Mm-hmm. Age of Apocalypse, giving him a family Age just to kill him. Whatever, whatever. Giving him a family just to kill him to turn him back to being bad was the most cop-out way to do that. Well, of course it was. It no was, one's denying that. It was that. lazy writing, Fox. But Michael Fassbender does a good job of bringing a, so did a Ian character. McKellen. Ian McKellen was fantastic, but young Magneto couldn't be played by Ian McKellen. Um, X-Men 3 <laughs> begs to differ. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> First of all, why are you going to put CG effects on Patrick Stewart? That man has looked the same since 1985. Like, why are you going to CG him to look younger? He looks that way in the 80s. So that's fine. You could have just put Patrick Stewart in the scene. Everything would have been great. And McKellen has not, though. He's aged. No, he's very different than he was in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart just got a little balder. That's it. That's true. That's and it true. works for Xavier. It does. In fact, well, they, they shave his head completely for Xavier. Yeah, he's usually he usually rocks the little like uh, the, the the Picard the, ring. Yeah, the ring, <laughs> the half ring there. <laughs> that horseshoe. But I, I have a feeling that we're in for you know something really special with Deadpool two uh, introducing us to Domino and Cable and who knows what else. Getting Weasel back, uh, T.J. Miller is fantastic. Oh, I mean, he just he blows you, me away. Have as that you character. watched the deleted scenes? Of, of just him and Ryan Reynolds just going Riffing, back. Yeah, and, just oh, ad-libbing man. with the, the scene. Yeah, a lot of that is very, uh, is very. we won't talk about it here, but go check it out, you know, and, and uh, have a laugh at it like us. Um, so other in video game news, we haven't really gotten into too much lately because there, there hasn't really been a lot of news. Because E3 was kind of a bomb. No, I talked about E3 on a previous show. There were some good showings, and we finally got some solid release dates for some of the games that we've been really, really excited about. I can't take E3 release dates seriously. As many times as I've seen them get pushed I mean, I back, I understand that. But you can you can bet your you can bet your butt that games like Assassin's Creed and God of War those will meet their deadlines. They've never had a problem meeting their deadlines in any, and the development teams haven't changed. 
So they'll meet their deadlines. Now, Kingdom Hearts 3, who knows when the hell that game is going to actually release. I think I'll be 40. Yeah, I mean, I want to play it. I'm excited. I don't care if I'm 80. I'll play it. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to meet any release date that E3 tells us it will. Um, you know, when when Square Enix tells me what the release date is, then I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> Fair enough. And even then, you know. <laughs> but uh, there was an interesting trailer that hit this weekend. Um, the final or not final but a star wars battlefront trailer that finally shows off some space combat for star wars yeah. battlefront 2 um the, the scene is you know uh the fight above um endor endor i guess yeah that was probably the only one it had to be well, it was endor and then it switched to uh, it switched to the fight naboo. above coruscant yeah coruscant then naboo in revenge of the sith yeah yeah um and it clearly shows that you know both sides are in play you can you can you know s- be a droid and step behind a, you know, a, an X-Wing or a Y-Wing or any of the other ships. Um, they showed us some interesting things. The the power players that will be in play, like Darth Vader and his TIE Fighter. and Darth Maul. And his Sith Infiltrator. Yoda. Yeah, we saw Yoda in a Jedi Starfighter. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, and I, I, think it, I think Battlefront 2, they are really listening to some of the criticisms that Battlefront got. I mean, all the criticisms Battlefront got? It got a fair amount of criticism. I don't think it was that terrible of a game. I think it had redeeming qualities. Some of the multiplayer good. modes were very fun, and I enjoyed playing them over and over and over again. But it still wasn't that good. I mean, I'm sorry, the, no. the PlayStation 2 games were way better than The PlayStation this. 2 games were absolutely better. I'm not going to disagree with you at And all. you had, like, decade to work on this. But I feel like they were trying to they were trying to match it with things like Call of Duty and Battlefield. And, and Call of Duty's a bad game right now. Don't match anything to Call of Duty. They're not good. They're they're big sellers. Regardless of whether whether we think they are good or not, people rush out to buy them on release day. Everything. I'm one of them, and I'm always mad at myself when I do. But I think that, you know, you're right. The PlayStation games, the PlayStation 2 games were better games. And I think that's what EA has heard the loudest is, look, we loved Battlefront because of this, 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 and this. And most of those thises come from the PlayStation 2 era. I just want better controls in the spacecraft. I agree. Like, it felt so unnatural flying those things in Battlefront 1. It was clunky. Like, I I, I play Battlefield and... Flying a plane in Battlefield or getting into a vehicle in Battlefield feels like second nature. Sure. Getting into Battlefield, playing Battlefront, I was like, I don't understand this weird thing you have me doing. Well, you know, you can, uh, I, I hate to say it, I hate to point out the obvious thing, but in the modern video game era, you can customize the controller to however you want it. So I'm should, just going to go I, ahead I, and I throw out there to. that you shouldn't have to. I shouldn't to. have no. to. Default should, controls should be should, the most natural. Exactly. I agree. But I am saying... To you, Roger, that if you wanted to, you could customize that controller however you wanted. You're right. Fix it. I could, but I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to. It should feel like natural. Yes. EA just got lazy. EA took the Fox approach when it came to writing movies. They just got lazy. <laughs> it is. Don't shake your head, no, Chris. I'm shaking my head at you. <laughs> it it does seem like Battlefront Two might be a better game. It seems like they're listening to a lot of the criticisms. They're going back to a campaign-style story mode. There will still be multiplayer mode. I don't doubt that a lot of the, the, the things from the multiplayer Battlefront 1 will return, and we'll see new and kind of evolved versions of them. Also, but let's be honest with EA games. Other than Call of Duty, EA games don't really hit where they are until about a year after they release. Battlefield Battle, Battlefield 1 was a, was, was a good game when it came out. It's been almost a year now, and it is a much better game now 
than it was on launch day. After sure. updates and everything? After updates and patches. and I and, mean, that's every game, though. And, and stuff like that. That's like, a lot of games. In the like, yeah, yeah, right yeah. Which annoys me, but... <laughs> So so on release day we might not we won't get the best version of Battlefront two we're gonna get. No, but I think it's gonna be a much more polished version than we got with I Battlefront. To, I hope so. And and I really like that they're putting a strong emphasis on the single player campaign mode because as much fun as it is to play multiplayer in that game, I enjoyed it on the PlayStation two era. I even you know enjoyed some of the modes on the PlayStation four era. But point being, getting back to uh, something I can play by myself, where I can literally pick my faction and conquer the galaxy, that's what I want again. That's the video game I want to play again, because that was what the, the best part of Battlefront was. In my opinion. I just want what Battlefront 3 was going to give us, which was that 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 in between, like, you know, you're on the ground fighting, and then you're, you're, you're in a ship, and you're in like, like the, you had space combat and ground combat in the same battle. And it was like this epic, yeah. like, like the battle was epic, and, and you had to go everywhere. That's what I want. Let's make that happen. I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see something similar to that with Battlefront 2. Yay. I hope. What else you got? Maybe not. Um, so, I got a couple of reviews to do. Um, I'm going to hold off on reviewing Defenders, because some people sitting at the table have not watched it, uh, even though they've had plenty of time and it's only an eight-hour show. Does he mean us? Yeah, that's us. That's us? I've watched an episode and a half. I fell asleep. I've been busy. Yeah, you know, I've been busy too, but I've managed to take eight hours this weekend while I didn't have to get up early and, you know, watch Defenders. We worked yesterday. Yeah, we worked yesterday. Well, that sucks for you guys. <laughs> it wasn't out on Thursday, our last day off. Did you work yesterday? You worked yesterday. Yeah, we worked yesterday. Okay, what time did you get off work yesterday? Six o'clock. 6.30. Okay. I, mean, I guess it was about 6.30. And, yeah, and you didn't work today, right? No, but I had things to do today. Like, come okay. over and record. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, that's what? afternoon. What? Uh, what? You could have you easily binged it. It's eight hours. It's not that much. And it amounts to some of the best Marvel So Netflix I would have stuff. to have gotten up at like 5 a.m. on my day off to, to binge watch it. You could have started last night when you got home from work. You know what I was busy doing last night? Eating dinner? <laughs> that's right. I'm <laughs> that guy. It takes time. He went and got donuts at one point. I, I didn't know went and got donuts at one in the morning. He had old time donuts. You were up until one in the morning? Shut up, You could have done by then. Don't judge my life. You could have been done by then. I was sitting on my front porch for a very long time. In any case, we will hold off on reviewing Defenders. You know, uh, more for just us, but for the guys out there that still haven't finished it. Yes, go out watch Defenders uh, because it's fantastic. It amounts to some of the best Marvel Netflix stuff that we've seen. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, I would like to review something a little lighter. Uh, the DuckTales premiere, the new DuckTales reboot premiered uh, last weekend, and I gotta say, it's fantastic. I mean, it was it was heartwarming. It's it's amazing to see that a younger generation is going to get to experience something that we loved so much when we were kids. It was a good show. It was a great show. It was that and Darkwing Duck, man. Those are the I Duck shows, dude. Dark Tailspin. I love Tailspin. Tailspin was great, but the Duck shows, man. The Duck shows were the real adventure story was at. It was so good. Darkwing Duck was better. I don't know which I liked better. I think I loved both of them equally. I like. Dark- I love Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, he's the best. And Ducktales did give us like the best, one of the best platforming games ever. It's true. And they've, mean, they've remastered it Capcom, recently. Capcom hats off on that one. Yeah, they yeah. remastered it recently. Where uh, you know it's still a two D platforming game, but everything about its visuals is upgraded. It has full voice cast from the old voice cast. If you've not checked that out and you've played the old Ducktales game from Nintendo. Go check out the, the remaster books. It's fantastic. It's, it's like really cheap. 15 bucks? No, nah, it's is cheaper that, than that. It? I think it's like five bucks right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's super cheap. It released in the PlayStation 3 era, but you can download it, I think, on PlayStation 4 as well. And Xbox One. 
I think Xbox One, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's what I have. I don't Xbox, so. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. What else you got? <laughs> um, no, I mean, DuckTales was great. It was it was fun. We we the, the voice cast is excellent. It's bringing this great story to a new generation of viewers. Um, uh, David Tennant, who, you know, if you guys are Doctor Who fans out there, was the 10th Doctor. He was also Barty Crouch Jr. and Harry Potter. How many more Doctors do we have before he's done rejuvenating? He got a it, he, he got a brand new regeneration cycle when when uh, Peter Capaldi took over. Brand new, he's got thirteen more. Okay, so huh. sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. They will reset that again. Don't worry. Yeah, well, it's a popular show. They want to keep him on. Um, but no, the the voice cast is fantastic. David Tennant voices Scrooge McDuck. Um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are hilarious. Donald is exactly how you remember Donald. He is still the goofy Disney cartoon character that was introduced in the nineteen forties. The grouchy uncle. He's great. He's so good. He's funny. He's it's it's all with Donald. It's all about physical comedy. Him and Goofy. It was all about the physical comedy, and I, they still do it. It's great. I I love every minute of it. Um, Webby is fantastic. She's not the timid little girl character anymore. She's like obsessed with Scrooge and his adventures, and she wants to be a part of it. But she's the granddaughter of the the maid. Um, you know, Ducktales is kind of like the kids' version of Rick and Morty. It is. Jason <laughs> like, was like, wait, he's right. There's no there's no multiversal time travel stuff. No, but, but like, boil it down, you know? Adventures, old person, kids, yeah. things happen, they learn about each other. First episode, they go to Atlantis. Yeah, I mean, it's They go like... find Atlantis <laughs> to find the jewel of Atlantis. They also brought back some amazing characters, like uh, Launchpad is the pilot still, and he's fantastic. Um, he's He provides some of the funniest moments in the episode. Um uh, Flint Flint Glomgold. I don't know if you guys remember that person. He was the the second richest Scottish duck in yeah, Duckburg. And, and him and him and Uncle <laughs> were always like you know he was always trying to catch up with him. Yeah, he was always trying to uh, undermine Scrooge's plans and steal the treasure out from under him so he could be the richest duck. Um, but he always failed, obviously, because yeah, Scrooge is because he's the bad guy. And he's the bad guy. He's yeah. the bad guy. Um, they also introduced an interesting uh, element to the story. Donald used to adventure with Scrooge McDuck. Um, and he wasn't alone. Donald and the mother of the trio, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, used to adventure. So they set up what I think will end up being kind of an arcing plot line throughout this, the first season, is they're finding out who their mother is, because they don't know. Oh, that makes me sad. Right? That is a little regions. bit sad. So I think each episode will have its own like adventure thing going on, like they used to, but I think we're going to have kind of an overarching plot of, of understanding the Duck family. And maybe introducing us to some new ducks that we've never heard of before. Do you think Ooh. we'll find out why they don't wear pants? No. Uh, no, I don't think they're ever going to... They're ducks. They don't need pants. <laughs> they got feathers to cover their junk. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I had to review, um, Dark Knight's Metal number one came out uh, this past week. And we've been talking a lot about the Dark Days Forge and Dark Days casting books. And kind of, we, we had it last time we, we talked about... Or I'm sorry... You know, in an episode, we talked about, you know, kind of the, 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 the things we were hoping from the story, the things that the one shots were insinuating about what the story will be. Um, I love that you just busted out Dark Days of the Forge. I'm going to bust out Dark, Day, Dark Knight's Metal so that I don't forget to talk about something that I want to talk about. Um, but if you have not read Dark Knight's Metal, um, we're going to get into a little bit of spoilery things. So I suggest that you, uh, you know, come back and listen to this review a little bit later. Um, but Dark Knight's Metal number one starts out in what is only like the most amazing kind of movie intro fashion that there is. Um, the Justice League is on the war world 
and they are fighting robots uh, with this armor that is inhibiting their abilities, so they have to just fight as people. So obviously characters like Batman and Wonder Woman, they're really fine, but Superman's, you know, not a fighter without his powers. He really is bad at fighting. Um, the Flash without his speed is just a guy. <laughs> um, so there was, there was... He pushes people. Yeah. <laughs> they're at a huge disadvantage. Um, but... Uh, somebody that is there, so they're fighting these giant robots, and the person that created this tech is uh, the toy the toy maker. Um, he's a uh, hero Sue. He's a, a little Asian kid who's just one of the smartest kids in the world. Like he's his intelligence rivals Lex Luthor, you know. And when Bruce don't realizes, don't yeah, don't tell Lex that. Um, and Bruce realizes that his tech that he's using to attack them is probably from Earth. So he plays a, a, a gamble, and he lets the, this big kind of monster robot swallow him whole, and inside of it is a little button that has a bat symbol on it. Because all tech on Earth is most likely Wayne tech, and he's got a backdoor built into every piece of Wayne tech so he can take it over in case it ever gets used against him. Huh. That's just who Batman is. <laughs> that, and he's very irresponsible. He's a little irresponsible. That and the writers um, write it that way. And, and again, a lot of people found this cheesy. I found this to be one of the coolest things about this book. It turns them into like a Justice League Voltron. Because <laughs> each the Justice League Megazord. It is. It is the Justice League Megazord. And people thought that was cheesy. I thought that was fantastic. I really thought this was hilarious. And it felt like a good cold open to this whole thing, you know? Um, yeah, except, you know, you know, there was a thing that happened. A I, thing that I happened? Didn't, I didn't care for it. We'll, we'll get into that. We're going to get into that in a minute here. Um, I like so, that he instinctively knows. I know what you're talking about because a lot of people are, are having problems with it. But so it takes us into, that takes us into Bruce's investigation that's been ongoing through the first, you know, couple of one shots, the forge and uh, the casting. And then they run into, uh, you know, a character from the forge and the casting who's been following him. Uh, Lady Blackhawk, who's actually Kendra Saunders. Um, and if you're not familiar, Kendra Saunders is Hawkwoman or Hawkgirl. Um, to Hawkman, um, Carter Hall. Um, so she takes them to Black Hawk Island and she starts to tell them the story of this nth metal um, and what they know and what Hawkman knows. And they ultimately end up talking about the multiversal theory, saying that what we know of the universe is that the universes are built up of either matter or antimatter. Um, and she talks about how recently it was discovered that a whole other universe could exist made of dark matter. Um, so that's essentially what the, the ex explanation for the dark multiverse is. It is a dark matter mirror to the positive matter, unit, to the matter universe. Yeah, you know, we had that. Star Trek had that back in the 60s. Sure. It's <laughs> not a new concept. I, I agree. It's not a new concept. But I think it's an interesting one. And when I see Batman with a goatee, we know. We know. <laughs> that he's the evil Batman? He's the evil Batman. I don't think you're going to have any trouble identifying the evil Batman, because uh, we've started to see some previews. I mean, you can see this statue of one of them on the cover of Dark Days Forge, and it's got bodies literally chained to the bottom of it. I think we'll know evil Batman when we see them. Define evil. Batman who rule their respective universes. Look, look. Good. Fear. Good. Look, Batman that actually killed the Joker. So the Yellow Lantern Batman. Sure. Yeah, if you will. I mean, the Sinestro Corps is an excellent example to use for this, the, the fear-inducing Batman. Um, so basically, she starts telling them about, uh, you know, Lady... big part in his character, too. <laughs> right, I was like, hold on, let's go back to the fear-inducing Batman line, because that's kind of what Batman does. It's true, it's true. But through the Sinestro Corps, you know, using, using the power of fear to manifest constructs of fear, 
is a different thing entirely. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Batman <laughs> manifests himself as a construct of fear. <laughs> so Kendra goes on to tell them that uh, the leader or the god of this universe is called Barbados, and that in order for the in order for them to cross over from their universe into another, they need someone in, on this side to open the door. And they've been targeting across the void Bruce Wayne. Now, why have they been targeting Bruce Wayne? Because Bruce Wayne's natural inquisitive mind is not going to allow him to not figure out some answers to a puzzle, right? So he's been trying to find the answers to this puzzle. We saw that in the first two one-shots. Ultimately, he's the reason the Dark Multiverse gets to break through to our world. Oh, Batman's shown again that his arrogance and compulsiveness comes back to bite him. It's absolutely true. They also get attacked at the end of the issue by Red Tornado, who they had in some kind of prison cell. Because Red Tornado was one of the ones he saw the Dark Multiverse when he was part of the Challenges of the Unknown. And he's scared. He's very scared. And he lashes out at the Justice League. Um, and, you know, Batman gets away uh, while the other ju- while the Justice League pretty much distracts Red Tornado. Yeah, so Batman goes, hey guys. You handle this I'm one. Out. I don't have superpowers. He he just, uh, he just peaced out and he stole a piece of Nth Metal um, to take it back to the cave <laughs> and study. Um... And which he does, and he, he, he ultimately finds out through the how close he is right now to opening the door, um, he finds in the mansion uh, the the journal of Hawkman, the journal of Carter Hall, which he hid in the man in the mansion because he knew the Dark Multiverse would seek Wayne. Somehow he knew. I don't know how yet. Because he knew Batman's that kind of person. Well, but he knew that Look. the people on the other side were targeting Batman specifically. Look. For the past 15 years, Batman has kind of been the reason bad stuff has happened to the DC Universe. Flash? Flash just hit the reset button. That's all Flash Yeah, did. but the time travel stuff with Flash is dangerous. It's much more dangerous than anything Batman does. Except for the Dark Universe. Right? <laughs> I mean... We'll see. We'll see if this is a bigger threat than what happened in the Flashpoint thing that was going to destroy the entire world. But it didn't... Everything turned out okay. Well, it's gotta be not okay. Really. Heroes. Well, no, everything was not, not okay. okay at all. New Fifty Two was mostly not okay. Um, but so Batman finds the journal, and then he realizes that everything he's been, you know, trying to find out is true. And a voice comes in from off-panel telling him it is, and that voice is revealed to be the Dream of the Endless. And if you're unfamiliar with the Dream of the Endless, uh, he's got other names: Morpheus, uh, the Dark One. He's the main character of Neil Gaiman's Sandman story. And I actually one of the best comics ever written. It is one of the best comics ever written. I'm not going to deny that at all. It's very good. Um, but I also I also read an article uh, with a quote from Scott Snyder talking about a conversation that he had with Neil Gaiman asking him if it was okay if he used Dream in his story. Oh, that's awesome. And apparently Neil Gaiman, he explained, Scott Snyder explained his ideas about what he's going to do with, with uh, Dream. And apparently Neil Gaiman was 100% on board. He's like, that's amazing. Do it. That's use awesome. The do it. Because that's great. It's cool, it's cool that he had the respect to go to. Oh, absolutely! You know, yeah. I'm in the. He does. Yeah, but now the can of worms has been opened. The can of worms was opened when they when they brought the Watchmen into the DC universe, which I was still against. That's fine. You can be against it. That doesn't mean it's not telling some good stories. I'm against it all. Sandman's done. His story. They've was always been a part of the the DC universe. Yeah. Though. They always have. Yeah. Death was in an action comics arc. And I didn't like that either. That was a great arc. She met Lex Luthor? Yeah, I know. Oh my god, you're crazy. Yeah. That was one of the greatest comics I've ever read. Um, in any case, um, 
So what the dream, what dream has to do with this story is still unknown. He just tells them, he just basically tells Batman that, you know, this is just the beginning. I can tell you what dream has to do with the story. And it's all, it all goes back to the cat issue of Sandman. If enough people dream, all these problems go away. Well, we, we are discounting the fact that dream may or may not be an inhabitant of the dark universe. That might be where he originates. That's maybe true. this, maybe the dark universe is their way of explaining where Sandman and Hellblazer in these stories took place. Yeah. Oh, well, those, those, those stories have a, a, a darkness to them, a world that is very, very dark. Except Constantine and Sandman, or Constantine was already part of the DCU. He was like, like even Swamp Thing. even Hellblazer was still part of the DCU. So like, was so was like Sandman. They, they, they talked Wesley about Dodson was in a Sandman comic. They talked about Superman. They're, they're like, yeah, he can't do this. Wesley Dodson, a founding member of the JSA, was in a Sandman comic. Uh, you're you're wrong. They've been a part of each other's universes forever. In any case, um, one does not exist without the other. Roger. Nope, I'm out. Sandman's his own thing. Dark Knight's Metal number one is on the shelf from DC Comics, and I highly, highly recommend you check it out. It, it's a very fun issue. The pacing is really well done, and it seems like the start of something that's going to be really, really interesting. It was a good issue. Just remove the last page. <laughs> you got anything you want to close with? Um, no, I, 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 I you know, we're going to talk about Defenders, uh, you know, on the next episode. So get out there and watch it because uh you know i want you to come listen and, you got four and, days <laughs> we'll That's have two our, episodes a day we'll have our conversation a spoilery conversation about it um but other than that we will uh we will talk to you guys later and stay geeky